Friday, December 22nd, 2023, and this is the Talk Film Society podcast. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society, uh, here for another episode of the awards season 2023 uh, season. We're, we're planning to do 15 episodes. We'll see if we get to that number. Actually, we, we, we might take next week off. I just had that thought today. I, I do, do, do I, Christmas. Yeah. Do I really want to edit the week of Christmas? No. Uh, you know, I'll, 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 put, I'll put a classic episode up there next week for everybody to hear. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, award One season can... Yeah. You know, uh, uh, maybe I'll do a best of. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Instead of editing a two and a half hour episode, I'll edit together a best of. <laughs> two and a half hour clips. <laughs> two and a half hour clips. Clip <laughs> a clip show next week. So that stay would require that, you to listen to so many podcasts <laughs> to find, find those It's got to be twice the work of editing one episode. <laughs> uh, oh, and with me is Siobhan Irving. Hello, Siobhan. Hi, what's up? Hey, hey. Marcelo. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, we're, we're back. Episode three of this new season. Uh, best sound. We're, we're covering mm-hmm. the best sound uh, category at the Oscars. The best sound of the year for us in 2023. Uh, and we're covering a movie that won at least one Best Sound Oscar. Uh, maybe two. I think it's two. Uh, the movie Grand Prix from 1966. Uh, that's what we're talking about later. Exciting. How many podcasts have talked about Grand Prix from 1966? <laughs> I think at least one other one. A few. A few, probably. Some classic film podcasts, I'm sure. You know, it's it's it 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 uh, dives into the films of John Franken. Is it Frankenheimer? I should have this. Up. I have no clue. You you told me you said the word Frankenheimer, and I was like trying to think like what does that mean, and then I saw that that was the director's name like way later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> uh, uh, you know, rest in peace, John Frankenheimer. But I want to call you John Frankenheim or something else. John Frankenstein? No, no, no. He's a great director. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, died in 2002 at the age of 72. Uh, he's directed such classics as The Manchurian Candidate, Birdman of Alcatraz, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and Ronin. Right, uh, so a bunch of bullshit. Like, no, you can understand why I hadn't heard Okay, of come on. Uh, 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 classic film I've director. Seen Dr. Moreau. Uh, but Grand Prix and a few other of his movies are... Folk, you know, our car movies. You know, uh, I'm sure Carheads. Man loves cars. We should have watched Cars. I mean, did did that win an Oscar? We'll oh, find shit. that out later. Cars. We didn't think about Cars. Yeah. Uh, uh, but car movies. People have done podcasts on them. People have written articles about car movies. Now we're getting into cars. This is a car episode. Nothing but cars. We've got a lot of cars to talk about this episode. I actually do. Actually, I, I hey, I do too. <laughs> I got I got at least one other car thing I I could talk about. Got a handful. Yeah, so that's the tease. Grand Prix best sound, uh, all episode long, um, beginning soon because we, we we gotta get through some stuff. Okay, first item on my list here. Who are we? Uh, why don't you go first, Siobhan? Who who are you? Um, I am uh, Siobhan Irving. Uh, I've been hosting podcasts with Marcelo for a handful of years now. Maybe three uh, years now. Uh, love or to do four. it. Love to do it. We have fun. Five. Um, Five and years. Uh, I follow the I follow the awards casually as a fan. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Because I just want to get in on the conversation. That's right. See, <laughs> I uh, uh, I had this thought the other day. I'm like, what is our dynamic here? 
and I think I've also talked about this every episode we've ever done when it comes to the award season. I watch a lot of awards movies, and this is who I am. I'm Marcelo Pico. Uh, but Siobhan, you're not up to date. You haven't caught up on all the <laughs> movies, but I think that's what makes our dynamic work, okay? Every year, I always try. Yeah, you try. Do I succeed? Right? I don't know. <laughs> but you, you give it uh, 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 your, your, your best effort. That's why you're here. What won here. Best Picture last year? Pop quiz. What won Best Picture last year? You should know this. I asked you first. So oh. Pop quiz. Everything Everywhere All at Once. That one. Okay. Best Picture. I, I did see that. But I, you know, I, I didn't see Nomadland. I didn't see Green Book. Um, so, like, look, I don't always get to them. You saw Parasite. I saw Parasite, of course. Yeah, Parasite's of course. great. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, you know what? Pop quiz. But, uh, I'm, I'm throwing you Not a sure. pop quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, all right, so I'm pulling up the last year's Oscars, and here we go. It's it's not really a pop quiz. It's, it's more like a quiz. Hot shot. How many of the Best Picture winners last year did you see, or have you seen since we recorded? Okay. 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 So, you've seen everything? Everything all once. Oh, you've I seen that. that. Yeah. Uh, all Quiet in the Western Front? I saw that. Okay. Thanks Ab- to this show. I probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise. There you go. That's why we, we do this, this show. Well. That's why we do yeah. this show. Avatar The Way of Water? I saw that. Okay. In three dimensions. Oh, you did see it. In 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The band. Oh, by the way, uh, fun fact. Uh, I, I read this and got a chuckle. Avatar The Way of Water in this calendar year, in 2023, earned more than the rest of Disney's uh, uh, theatrical releases in this year. That makes total sense. Yeah. Next movie, Banshees of Inishirin. Banshees of Inishirin. I did watch that and I loved it. Yeah. Elvis. Elvis, I did like and watched. Yeah. The Fablemans. The Fablemans? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful movie. Tar. Tar, I did see. Yeah. All right. We're doing good, Marcelo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so far, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven for seven. Seven for seven. Only two more to go. Uh, 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 check that math. Or did they go to 10? Did they go to 10? Yeah. The, Sometimes yeah. they only do nine. I thought they did nine last year. Uh, you know, this got me too last year. I, I realized that I think it was in 2019 or 2020, they expanded it to, to 10. It's now a full 10. So, I, I, but like sometimes, like they have to like reach a threshold, don't they? Have votes? No, no, no. It's always ten now. They yeah, it, it. it used okay. to be like that. It used to be, okay. you know, seven, eight, and then, but now they're like, okay, it's ten. It's always ten. Uh, next one, Top Gun Maverick. Oh yes, I did see Top Gun Maverick. You're doing uh, the, s- the, the planes. Those, those are adjacent to cars. Yeah, those also go fast. You're, you're doing great, <laughs> by the way. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Next one, Triangle of Sadness. I, Marcella, if you can believe it, I saw a Triangle of Sadness. Hell yeah. Palm Dior winner as well. Yes. Oh, Racking gosh. that up. Nine for nine. Are you going to go for the full ten? Oh, can I get it? Can I get it? I don't think so, by the way. I... Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. This is not a, uh, you know. This oh, is... no. What happened? This is not a bad mark for I saw you. the French movie. I saw the, like, Danish movie or whatever. Come on. Come on. What are you going to throw at me? This th- this one was a little bit hard to get to. And also the subject matter a little bit hard to go, you know, to, to sit down and watch. But I think it's a great movie. Women Talking. Um, I saw Women Talking. Oh, you did see Women Talking. Boom. Fuck off. Oh, wow. I saw all ten. Wait, when when did you see Women Talking? Oh, I think I saw it like 
shit, when did I see it? I don't know. I, I don't remember if I saw it before the awards or not, but I think I did. Okay, yeah, because I, I know that was one that wasn't... I know that you hadn't seen, but I, I saw... I think right before the award season because it was a late release. Anyway, uh, you know, and the last year, if I had seen it, um, I might have put it up for best score, not best sound, best score. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a great score. Yeah. So my apologies. So, so this is my full on my knees begging for mercy here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Siobhan. Uh, yes, I I forgive you because I famously have stated that I don't. Uh, listen to women. Um, I don't care about women, but like I, 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 so I understand where you're coming from, but I did see this. Uh, by the way, I think you messed up the title. It's called Women Be Talking. Sorry, yes, Women Be Talking. Yeah. yeah. As uh, I think Mark Wahlberg said on stage, right? Yes. W- women are talking. Stop those women, women are talking. talking. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get that guy can go screw. All right, so that's who we are. I know you're trying your best, and I, I, I think I've seen some, some of your Letterboxd uh, uh, feed in this past week. You have been watching movies. I know that. I saw a handful this year, this yeah. week, yeah. Yeah, this week. Also this year, this you saw year. a handful. <laughs> I mean, there's one movie I have not seen that I'm not going to see until January that I feel bad about. Uh, mm. uh, I'm not going to jinx myself, but I do want to get back into writing. I do want to write my top 10 list for this year. Uh, uh, I should. I, I I skipped last year for reasons. I'd love if you did. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna do that double feature thing again? Yeah. I I because I, I love doing that. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm sure a lot of you don't know. I used I used to write for Talk Film Society, and my top ten lists of the year, I would uh, pair them off as double features. Uh, for my top ten, and I skipped I skipped last year. I want to do it this year, and my whole thing is. Uh, I, I, and I get it. You know, limited releases, things come out. You know, in January that are technically it, it's a movie from the year before. Whatever. I think on December thirty first, I have to say, all right, that's it. I'm making my top ten. Sorry, those one of interest, the one movie that I had a chance to see but I skipped in December. You're not on the list. If you were going to be on the list, because I can't see you until January. Sorry. Origin, Ugh. the new Eva DuVernay movie that's up for Oscars oh, this no. year. That's releasing in January. Sorry, Rebel Moon. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I, technically, that's a December. That's on Netflix. I could, I could see that, but am I am I going to? I don't know. Sit down on Christmas Day. Are, are we are we going to talk Rebel Moon on the show? One hundred percent. Okay, Marcelo, I, I ban us doing visual effects before uh, Rebel Moon happens. Okay, I I, I did make up the uh, schedule. And I sent it to you late at night, Siobhan. Uh, double check that if I put visual effects on there. I, I may, I may not have. So I never even looked at it. Okay, thank you. After this uh, episode's recording, just we'll, we'll double check. We're going to do the visual effects episode after we both see Rebel Moon because I'm going to promise you here now, before December 31st, before my cutoff date for making my top ten this year, I'm going to see Rebel Moon. How about that? I make that promise. Thank you. All right. So that's who we are. Now, next. Uh, <laughs> that's who we are. <laughs> that's who we are. Uh, next thing is, uh, let's let's go to the news. Okay. Okay. Corrections. Okay. Oh, no. As I was what editing, as a, here's what you did. As I was editing. No. Oh, actually, this is what we did. We uh, You did one thing, and then we did one thing together. So one thing you did is uh, as we were talking about the Golden Globes, you did mention the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. 
Now, Siobhan, there is no more Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Oh, they, no. They, they broke it away? They've been disbanded as of June of 2023. So I want to make that perfectly clear. I mean, last episode, it, it, we did talk about decisively not talking about the Golden Globes last year, but talking about them this year. But I want to make it clear that the Hollywood Foreign Press that we all hated, they're all gone. So maybe there's hope that this year, you know, controversy-free, maybe it'll be a good award show, but we'll see. Just about, but I want to make that clear, okay? They're dead. Next item of business. Oh, but by the way, Siobhan, any, any thoughts on that? Um, I mourn them. Okay, you mourn them. <laughs> Rest in peace, Hollywood Foreign Press and John Frankenheimer. Okay, next order of business. One thing we forgot to do last episode... We talked about best editing. We did not give our picks for what's going to win the Oscar for best editing. We forgot to do oh, that. Oh shoot, we didn't. Oh no. Yeah. So oh, no. all right, shoot. I've got I've got my uh, little notes here. So Siobhan, who do you think is going to win the Oscar? Oh no. For best editing. Uh, the holdovers for some reason. The holdovers for some reason. Okay. The holdovers. I'm writing that down. Holdovers. Uh, and I'm gonna say no, it's like Oppenheimer, right? It's probably yeah. Oppenheimer. I'm gonna say it's Oppenheimer. It's it's Oppenheimer's going to be the big big technical awards winner, I think. Yeah, um, probably. Maybe something like Ferrari might sneak in. More car stuff. Yes. You keep bringing up cars, Marcella. I mean, Oppenheimer Oppenheimer drove a car famously. No, did he? Yeah, he did. Famously, <laughs> away from the bomb. Away from the exploding. bomb. As the bomb was going off, he drove <laughs> in his Ferrari and just hightailed it out of there. That'd be pretty sick. That would have been a sick scene there. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Might happen. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you say holdovers for some reason, and I say Oppenheimer. <laughs> Best editing, <laughs> done. Uh, all right, so those are the two corrections I had. I have one bit of news. We don't have to go through one all this. News. We don't have to go through all this stuff, okay? Because last oh, episode, God. and also I don't want to make this a two-hour and 20-minute episode again. You don't want to, but we do. I, I'm going to prevent that from happening this episode. I'm going to... I'm going to try my best to make sure it happens. <laughs> Again, this is our dynamic. <laughs> this is who we are. Oh, and also, I, I didn't write this down in the notes, but re- re- remind me to do this after I talk about this shit. But uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen... Have you seen some of the, the, the Actors on Actors videos? Um, No, I haven't yet. Okay, well... <laughs> I've seen. I keep, I keep like looking at them, waiting for like the right one to pop up, but I don't think it has. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about them in here in a second. But Crick's Choice Awards. Is, I just want to go through these real quick. Uh, Eighteen nominations. Uh, the most I think for any Critics' Choice Awards nominee in history. I th- I think that's what this says. Uh, it's uh, Barbie. Barbie. Barbie, wow. Barbie is racking up those nominations. Uh, after Barbie is Oppenheimer with 13 nominations. And uh, Poor Things with 13 nominations. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so just let's just go through some of the big categories. Best Picture, Crick's Choice. American Fiction, Barbie, The Color Purple, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and Saltburn. We'll be talking about one of those later right now. Yeah, the one I've seen mm-hmm. um, uh, just this past weekend. I'll bring that up. But yeah, uh, one thing that I'll say as a prognosticator here, interesting to see Saltburn uh, show up more and more. Uh, last episode, we talked about 
the Golden Globes and how uh, uh, Rosamund Pike and <laughs> our boy Barry Keegan was nominated from Saltburn. Um, I thought it was dead yeah. in the water, but it's coming back. Wasn't her first the the director's first film, Promising Young Woman? Wasn't that nominated for shit? Yeah, she won the Academy Award for best screenplay for that. Yeah, I yeah. never saw it, but like, uh, it's good. People want to yeah. say it's bad. Whatever. I think it's good. It's not bad. Uh, it, I, I don't know why. I'll think about it. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's like a, it's like a question mark for me. It, it must be personal. They must just not like her, the, 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 the director of that movie. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. Um, whose name I forgot. Sorry. Director of Sawburn and perhaps. Yeah. We don't, I don't know anything about women. Hold on. Emerald. Lugosi. <laughs> Fennel. Fennel. Isn't it Fennel. Fennel. Right. Star of Barbie, by the way. Star of, uh, or sounds like uh, kennel, and I think what? Uh, she should be in the dog kennel. What? What are you talking about? All right, I don't know. Let's, let's move on. People don't like her. Yeah, people don't like her. People, <laughs> people want to put her in a kennel. That's probably better. I have no reason to dislike her yet. I don't think. I don't think either. Uh, 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 I think one reason I think people don't like her is because she. I think she's. She's born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Like she, she's from privilege. So, oh, she is one of these nepo babies out in Hollywood. <clears throat> Best actress, critics' choice: Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon; Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall; Greta Lee, Past Lives; Carrie Mulligan, Maestro; Margot Robbie, Barbie; and Emma Stone, Poor Thing. Margot Robbie, Barbie. I never thought about that. Margot wow. Robbie, Barbie. Uh, actor. Cooper Maestro, DiCaprio Killers, Coleman Domingo Rustin, Giamatti Holdovers, Murphy Oppenheimer, Wright American Fiction. Uh, good picks, mm. good picks. Uh, no need to go through the supporting actors or supporting actresses. Pretty much the same names we've heard over and over. Uh, let's go through Best Director. Cooper Maestro, Gerwig Barbie, Lathamos, Poor Things, Nolan Oppenheimer, Payne, Holdovers, Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. Interesting to be getting so much Maestro here. Yeah. I was uh, was not expecting it, honestly. uh, I'm biting my tongue. I know. I know. You can't speak yet. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. I'll say it now. I saw Maestro. I'll get more into it in in our what what we've been watching segment. Also, I am a little sniffly. I'm in the late stages of a, of a of a illness. I had like a like a fever, you know, cold sort of thing. I don't know what it was. A little con- little and congested. By late stages. Um, <laughs> uh, Marcelo, unfortunately, might not be alive by the time you're hearing this. But no. my uh, my 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 dying breath will be posting <laughs> this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, so I sound a little sniffly. So I sound worse than usual. I saw Maestro. I'll say this about it before I really get into it later. It's in my gut. I feel like it's going to get a bunch of nominations. It just ticks a lot of boxes for the Hollywood elite. Sure. And those Academy voters, the the elderly (laughs) who, by the way, this motherfucker, uh, I went with me and Elise. Uh, We, we drove to the, to the, to the moat, to to the northmost uh, uh, theater to see Maestro, because for whatever goddamn reason, they're showing this far away from the, uh, from the south of Austin. You know, whatever. That, that, that doesn't matter. We we trekked out to see Maestro this weekend, and we sat next to this old couple, this old man, who was just a piece of shit. Like, 
before my girlfriend had a chance to sit down, he had already like laid claim to both armrests. Uh, man spread his giant legs all over the place. Like middle of the movie, pulls out a flashlight. This motherfucker has a flashlight in the middle of a movie. Shines it on his food, shines it on his drinks. He drops something in the middle of the movie. I don't know what it was, his wallet or his teeth. This is the crowd Maestro gets in. Like the the theaters are <laughs> packed with these sons of bitches who have a flash. I don't know. Uh, I uh, Siobhan, I'm upset. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. And, um, I and I know it. I know it colored your point of view on the film. So everything that you say is uh, suspect. Oh, and, and my my girlfriend did move seats not before the movie started because she knew it was going to be trouble away from you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she knew how upset I I was. So she's like, "Pretend you don't know me." So she moved uh, uh, two rows behind me. All right. Anyway, so yeah, Maestro ticks off the boxes. I think it's going to be a big awards contender. May not win anything, uh, but I'll get more into that later. Uh, anyway, that was uh, the, the 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 Critics' Choice Awards. So same as usual, same names over and over. So it, uh, I, I had this feeling last year too. A lot of these episodes are just going to do the same movies over and over. I'm glad we're doing our individual picks because at least at least that makes things up, right? At None least. of these are going to be nominated for best sound. Maybe one of them will be in my picks. Uh, in my picks, I think I'm gonna look through my picks real quick. No, no, two. I have two picks that will not be nominated for any Oscars. So there you go. Or maybe one will be. We'll see. All right. Uh, so that's that's the news. Uh, uh, and also, Variety is actors on actors. I saw the Killian Murphy, Margot Robbie one. That was pretty fun. Shivani, haven't seen any of them. Um, no, I haven't. Okay, let's move on. I'm I'm waiting on the Killian Murphy one and Margot Robbie one to uh, until I've seen Oppenheimer. Oh uh, yes, good idea. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've not watched a few because I was behind. I, I did not see Poor Things before they released the Emma Stone Bradley Cooper one. I also haven't seen I hadn't seen at that point Maestro, so I should see that one. I heard that one's good with Stone and Cooper. Uh, the big Aloha reunion. <laughs> All right, that was the news. What have we been watching? Siobhan, let me ask you a question. What have you been watching over there? What is it that I have been watching what over is here? It? Okay, I saw uh, a movie on Netflix. Uh, my mom uh, wanted to watch it because she thought the trailer looked all right. And then I was like, eh, I don't know. And then, But then I saw who the director was, and I immediately wanted to see it. Mr. Robot himself. Mr. Robot himself, Sam Esmail, his film Leave the World Behind. It is, uh, it's about like, uh, it's an end of the world apocalypse drama about like uh, a cyber attack that shuts down the, the country as this uh, family and another family are, uh, they were like staring at it, staying at an Airbnb kind of situation. Uh, and then like the original family comes back and they all have to deal with it together. It is uh, a really bizarre movie. It's scary. Uh, there's a lot of paranoia. Uh, but it's also very funny and weird. Um, like it's it's a really cool, enjoyable movie that I think presents a really interesting idea of what would happen if this, if like a cyber attack were to kill the world. Like it, it doesn't like it's not super over the top about it. It's very realistic and like reveals things at a nice slow pace. It takes its time to tell its story, and it, it is more interested on its characters and their interactions and their flaws as people than it is in the 
end of the world stuff, but that stuff is still fascinating, um, which is about in line with uh, what I'd expect from Sam Esmail, creator of Mr. Robot, a show that I absolutely love. And that movie or that show, again, like very great, like character focused show, but also gets all the tech stuff right, which is which is what makes it great. Um, I think like the, those extra touches, like really attention to detail that, that kind of stuff is all over leave the world behind. And we have such an insane cast and this is the best Julia Roberts has been in forever. She is amazing in this movie. Wow. Mahershala Ali also fantastic. Ethan Hawke. He's, you know him, he's always going to bring it. I know him. Bring the heat. Father of Maya. Father of Maya, of course. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really great. There's a lot of cool visual flourishes with the camera too. He's really inventive with how he uses the camera. I think, uh, just really great. I could, I, I highly recommend it. I, I know it's a Netflix movie and Marcella hates those unless you can see them in a theater, which you can't see this in a theater cause nobody's ever heard of it, but I, I highly recommend this movie. Marcella, anything? <clears throat> yeah. This one came out of nowhere for me. The, the Thursday before it came out, I get, I get an advertisement for it. I think like on YouTube or something. And I'm like, what What the hell is this? A Julia Roberts movie that I have not heard of on Netflix? Okay. I, it's par for the course. Netflix can't advertise the movies worth shit. Did you know there's a Chicken Run 2 movie out right now, Siobhan? Oh, only because of a tweet today that was like, yeah. did you know there's a Chicken Run 2 movie? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, I've seen a lot of praise for it. I saw your 5 out of 5 rating on Letterboxd for this. Uh, I've heard good things, so... I'm more inclined to check this out than not. So you win, universe. Uh, but you're right, Siobhan. I have a, I have a vendetta against Netflix. Uh, yeah. So, but, but hey, but, but the cast, uh, Mr. Robot himself, the premise, it all interests me. Um, so I, I, I might add this to the list of things to you see by seen the end Mr. of the Robot, year. Have you? I have not. Uh, it, it's, okay. it's one of those series that it happens to me with a lot of series. I try to watch one episode. Can't get into it, and I stop watching it. I, I, I've, I've done that with like great shows like Justified, The Wire, Mister Robot. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so I, it's hard for me to get into anything. So, I'm not gonna make any promises as to whether I'll ever see Mister Robot in, in, in you know, uh, all of it. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll spend two hours watching Mister Robot's movie about the end of the world. I'll see that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Um, you win. My next film, uh, Paul Schrader's Master Gardener. Hey, um, this is a movie that came out this year. Also, this is, this is a brand new movie. Whoa. Although, although if you look it up, it says 2022, but that's because it had festivals in September. It didn't actually have a full release until 2023. All right. So yeah. Don't get on my ass about that. There's been some, there's been some controversy about your Saint Omer uh, talk. You know about how yeah. whether that's a a release from last year or this year. Uh, I keep getting press knocking at my door about this. I don't want to talk about it. They, they keep it's a shouting twenty-three movie. They keep shouting Saint Omer is a twenty twenty-two uh, French uh, 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 best international film selection. <laughs> so it should be a twenty twenty-two film on your list, not twenty twenty-three. Master Gardener. It's like I don't know if this is a, tri- a thematic trilogy or if he's just going to do this for the rest of his life. Either way, I love it. Um, this is like another like in the line of uh, First Reformed and Card Counter, where it's like a contemplative drama about a complicated man with like a vile past attempting to kind of live some sort of just kind of trying to live his life now. And uh, maybe he ends up at some sort of redemption um, or rehabilitation rather. 
um, for himself. And I, this, this, these movies have been catnip for me. First Reformed, I loved. Coward Counter, I fucking loved. And this one, probably in the middle. I'm probably between First Reformed and Card Counter on. But it's just, it's a gorgeous movie. Uh, great Sigourney Weaver performance. And Joel Edgerton, best he's ever been. Uh, lots of like, surprises as the as like you learn more about the characters surprises is a weird fucking word for what what you learn about this character but uh but it's a very complex movie that kind of asks a lot of you the audience to uh can you sympathize with these characters and i i don't know the answer to that um honestly even even still I, i don't even know that answer about the card counter character or or even Ethan Hawke's character, who seems pretty straightforward, but he's a dumbass uh, in uh, First Reformed. Uh, what Paul Schrader is doing is just is absolutely brilliant, and I, I think it, it's not appreciated enough. And again, gorgeous movie. Uh, Marcelo, uh, have you seen Master Gardener? I have not seen this. I had a chance to see it when it came out this past year in theaters. I think during the summer. I missed it. Uh, but I I uh, was not a huge fan of the card counter. I did love First Reformed. I'm a huge fan of that movie. And yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing Paul Schrader's been doing pretty much his entire career. Sort of this like, like since Taxi Driver, just like this sure. guy who uh, the the writing in his diary and explaining these thoughts. And he has he's, he's kind of a twisted individual, right? Yeah, I think he's fifty-fifty for me in terms of the, in terms of the movies I've seen. They've, they've, I think they've gotten softer. They've gotten softer and more romantic with his older age. I think, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I'll, I'll give it a shot though. I, 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 I hear you. I see you. I feel you. But uh, I, I do want to like the man's work. Uh, I just for whatever reason, Card Counter just not, did not hit for me. Oh, and there, there is just this one sequence that. I don't know if it matches the beautiful um, overhead sequence in the card counter with uh, Tiffany Haddish and Oscar Isaac walking through the like Christmas display with all the lights and the and the camera goes above them and all you see are this these millions of brilliant lights like there is a sequence like that in Master Gardener that is really gorgeous and funny ah okay I love it I love the man um, but. Here's a man I don't love as much. Um, uh, Oliver Stone. Marcel, we talked about Oliver Stone <laughs> a lot last week. We spent um, an hour talking about the man and yes, his work. And we're not going to spend that much time this this week. Because uh, last week, he was the center of our episode where we talked about JFK. Yeah. And I, 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 I pulled out this Oliver Stone box set that I had of DVDs of uh, a lot of his filmography uh, from the 80s to, to early 2000s. Um, and asked you to pick out another Oliver Stone movie for me to watch. Uh, and you chose Platoon, since we're yeah. doing awards. Makes sense. Best picture winner. Best director. Best etc. Yeah. yeah. And look, I watched Platoon. I think Platoon is good. I, I don't know. I, it didn't It didn't hit me too hard. There's something about the way... I, I certainly appreciate a lot of what it's trying to do. Um, he's, he's got a very unflinching view of, uh, for, for like a very Hollywood movie, which is, this feels like a pretty Hollywood movie. Yeah. Uh, but like, it has a very unflinching view of, uh, like, uh, this war was fucking stupid. We committed tons of atrocities. Uh, it was just a terrible, 
terrible thing all around. But like, I just don't think his filmmaking craft was there necessarily. Like there was a lot of like just stuff that seemed kind of not all the way there, uh, not kind of amateurish even. And it's, I don't know. I, I did not love it. I did not love watching it or yeah. care too much about any of the characters. Charlie Sheen's character is so boring. People say Willem Dafoe. It got his first nomination. Even even him, like even him, I, I didn't care. It's okay. I don't. Do you have any thoughts about Platoon? I know. I, I said this uh, last episode. Uh, I, I I did. I have seen Platoon. It's been so long, but I have no memory of it. And I think that's indicative of what it is for me, or uh, what my thought is. Uh, it's not the definitive war movie in my head. No, absolutely. Or I, I, not, I, even, not even Vietnam. I, mean, I was going to say the, it's the, the one that won Best Picture, but like I think of Apocalypse Now exactly. Yeah, a million times over before I think of this. Yeah, uh, it's like I, it's a lot more Hollywood again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Apocalypse Now does it so much better, and really. If any movie tries to, you know, come for the crown is like the best Vietnam movie. You, you, you gotta, you, you gotta hit towards Apocalypse Now, and it's impossible yeah. to unless you lose your mind in the jungle for ten years, <laughs> like Coppola did. Um, but yeah, but Platoon, sure. I have no, I'm not eager to re- to revisit it anytime soon, but I, I'm more eager to, re- to revisit like uh, Stone's later work. Like I want to see JF. Sure. I, sorry, I, I saw JFK last week. I want to see Natural Born Killers again more than I want to see Platoon because I think that part of his career interested me more than Wait his more. early part, uh, his Platoon uh, era. Well, speaking of last week, you chose this film out of this box set. Um, I, I had Volume One pulled out. It was eighty six to ninety one, uh, which, geez, that's only five years. It was a very. I think there were eight films in that set. That's very prolific. Uh, this, but. Today, Marcelo, you're going to choose again. Oh, from okay. from 1993 to 2004. So we got an 11 year gap here. You are going to be choosing from Heaven and Earth, Nixon, <laughs> U-Turn, oh, Any Given Sunday, oh, and Oliver Stone's America. Please don't pick that. <laughs> Why should I? I don't even know what that is. I don't either. I don't want to watch it. That's that sounds. I don't. I have no interest in whatever that is. You know what? I praised this movie last episode when I'm talking about JFK. I have good thoughts about it. Okay, we're doing Nixon, or you doing Nixon? I'm doing Nixon. All right, Nixon. It makes sense. And and I wanted to pick one that that was an Oscar contender. This one is an Oscar contender. It was nominated for best actor, best supporting actress, best score. Best original screenplay, and guess who did the score for this? Good old uh, 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 John Williams. Yeah, Johnny Wills. Let's go, John Williams. It is a hundred and ninety-two minutes. By the way, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you're watching it. You're watching Nixon. You're, well, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Great. I'll watch Nixon next week and report. Okay. Um, now, speaking of lo- movies that are way too long, I watched. And speaking of car movies, Marcelo, I watched. It's based on a true story. It turned a gamer into a racer. Oh, it's Garantismo. <laughs> you you watched it, a movie we talked about 
uh, during our summer series that you did not see. <laughs> yeah. And I, I talked about it with uh, uh, Tommy, yeah, Tom, Tom, uh, Thomas, Thomas Marinara, Thomas uh, host of uh, Cinema to the Letter, co-host. So you finally saw Gran Turismo. What'd you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's it fine. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's as much as I want to say about it. Can we move on? Can we move on? Because that's well, what was the thing you and Tommy talked around it. What was the thing about like a real life thing that they fucked up? Oh yeah, it was let's like talk, controversial. Let's talk about it. Because did we even mention it on the episode? You or? mentioned it, but you talked around it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't let me know. So the, I'm, the I real, have a guess, but the yeah. the real life racer uh, actually did uh, kill somebody um, uh, on 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 the racetrack, uh, and I'm trying to remember exactly how they. It was uh, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- I, so this is during Le Mans, the final race. Yeah, they uh, a Ferrari car gets knocked off of the gets knocked off of of the course and fucking burns out, crashes into a wall and explodes. And then the uh, the driver crawls out and he's fine. I'm gonna guess that guy died. No, but but in the movie, uh, doesn't a kid die? Yeah, uh, yeah. When when the the main the main guy he does. Uh, flip out on one race and go over the barricade and smash a path, uh, a spectator to death. Yeah. So that happened, but didn't happen there and then. I think it happened. I think in real life after the events of the movie. So um, to sort of take that death that happened in real life and you know it's storytelling, sure. But to say this real life death happened when it happened in the story, just to just to provoke a a, a end of act two uh, in your movie, sort of is kind of I, I don't know. At this point, it doesn't seem as vile as it did back then because I just wanted to hate the movie it's back then. It's a little then. scummy. I mean, it's a little right. scummy, yeah. But uh, it, it's just weird to me. It's just weird to to, yeah, to again just to just to manipulate a real life death and put it in your movie just to provoke emotional an emotional response to the story that didn't really happen. Anyway, that's what happened in Gran Turismo that, and, and I'm, I don't know. Besides that, I don't think it's a very exciting movie. It should have been better. It should, it should have been a better racing not. movie. No. And like, so I watched this, I, I made sure to watch this. It appeared on Netflix, uh, this last week. And I was like, Oh, perfect. We're talking about a race car movie. I, I can compare it to a modern race car movie. How does it compare uh, by the way? Not even close. Grand Prix is so much more exciting. <laughs> okay, good. Um, like Gran Turismo is boring. The 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 cars don't feel like they have that much weight or speed to them. Honestly, we get these pop ups that are like they're going two hundred miles an hour and he's in ninth place. Uh, but like you don't feel that through the filmmaking or the sound design. We're talking best sound here. Yeah. Fuck no. They did a terrible job. Uh, and mostly they focused on music and they did an okay a job with that. But like. Uh, in terms of sound design with cars, you want them to be loud. You want them to be thunderous. You want them to be violent. And they just aren't in this movie. I did bring up Ferrari, I think, a few episodes ago. And um, the more I think about Ferrari, and after seeing Grand Prix, too, I'm like, yeah, I think Ferrari. I, th- I think you'll like Ferrari. Uh, hopefully a lot more than Gran Turismo, Siobhan. Oh, I bet so. I'm, I'm, I'm a Michael man. And I'm a Michael fan. Yeah. <laughs> With two ends, uh, yeah. but uh, 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 there there are elements in Ferrari done so exceptionally well than what they try to do in Gran Turismo. It's it's sort of ridiculous that that Gran Turismo 
got any praise. I know people out there like that movie. I just don't get it. It's false, false flat for me. It's okay to like it. Cause like, it is like a, is it though? you know, rags to riches. Like, well, look, 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 this, this is a type of movie that gets made three times a year where it's like, uh, just like, like, uh, 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 underdog story rags to riches kid, uh, has the world against him in a sports movie. And, and he uh, and he nails it, and like that's every, that's every sports movie trying to be Rocky. They all, I think, every time I watch one of those movies, I do get a certain level of enjoyment out of it. But like, can I ever call them exceptional? Very rarely, right? Um, and like, I'm I I'm gonna give this two stars on Letterbox. I think like it's wow, it's just not there. I think that's less than I than I gave it. I don't even know what I gave it. I think it's I I'm very generous when it comes to stars. I'm about to talk about a movie that. I'm going to badmouth a lot, and I give it three out of five. So I think I'm generous with the stars. I think you're less generous than I am. That makes you a better person. <laughs> makes you more honest. Uh, so Gran Turismo, done. Anything else? That is the end of okay. my uh, watches of the week, except for the big one. The big we'll one. We'll get to that later. Marcelo, what have you been watching? So um, What is it that you have been watching? What I, is it that you have watched? Thank you. Uh, I saw three movies I want to talk about real quick. Uh, some of these I'll talk more about later on. Uh, like The Boy and the Heron. I saw that this past week. We're going to have a best animated film episode down the line. I'm sure. I think it has to happen. I'll go more in depth uh, with that movie on that episode. Because I, I saw the subtitled version. There are two versions out there right now. Uh, the subtitled version and the dubbed version. I saw subtitled. I thought it was very good, thought-provoking, cute, sometimes horrifying, uh, about a kid dealing with the death of his mother uh, in post-World War II Japan. Uh, exactly what we think a Hayao Miyazaki movie should be. Um, and I see, I understand why people don't like it as much as his, his other work. It's a lot more spaced out when it comes to its themes. There's a lot going on that may not be all uh, comprehensible by the end. But the more I think about it, the more I like it. And I'm going to see the subbed version. Uh, and I'll have like a better, uh, 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 I guess, uh, I'll, I'll better be able to appreciate it, I think, after seeing the subbed version. Uh, no, sorry, the dubbed version. And I, and I do want to hear Robert Pants's voice performance in that dubbed Ooh, version because yeah. I hear it's I hear it's great uh, so that's The Boy and the Heron it's a big recommended for me go see it especially if you're a St- Studio Ghibli fan I mean you probably have seen it already if you're a Studio Ghibli fan except if you're Siobhan oh, I'm kidding Siobhan because uh, you said the last I episode would, I wouldn't even call myself a Studio Ghibli fan I, <laughs> like, I, 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 I appreciate their work very much I just have not seen enough of it Princess Mononoke, I would call one of my favorite movies ever, but like that's about what I've seen. I think right. that's all I've seen, except for Spirited Away as a kid. Have you seen Kiki's Delivery Service? No. You should see that. I should see all of them. I should see <laughs> Castle of Cagliostro. I should see uh, fucking The Wind Rises. I should see Boy and the Heron. It's just, I don't know. I never want to. Well, maybe 2024 is the year Siobhan sees all of Studio Ghibli. Maybe. Okay, we'll see. So, boom, that's done. Uh, I saw Wonka last night. Wonka. I think Wonka's Marcelo, good. your patented thing to do when you see a movie you like is to go into the talkfilmsociety.com slash discord <laughs> and go into the talk film channel 
uh-huh. and type whatever movie good. Marcelo, <laughs> we did get a Wonka good. <laughs> so that has become my seal of approval on Discord. And where can you join the Discord, Siobhan? Say that again. TalkFilmSociety.com slash Discord. So if you join and if you go in the Talk Film channel, when I see a movie and I enjoy it, I will go in that channel <laughs> and I will say, <laughs> insert movie, good. No matter how I feel about the movie in terms of like if it's like good to great or three stars or five stars, what, if I enjoy it, I'll put good. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed Wonka. I hated the trailer. I think the trailer made it look bad. Like offensively bad, but this the movie's movie been itself, a joke for like the last year and a half. It has, and now I'm eating my words publicly. I apologize to the to the makers of Wonka, for Paul King, uh, Timothy Chalamet, and the rest. I Disney. apologize. That's it's it's a Warner Brothers movie. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Never mind. I, I like it more I, now. Uh, uh, Mr. Zasloff, a little. Bit. I'm on I'm on my hands and knees, begging for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can go screw off. But Wonka itself, the movie, it's good. It, I liked it. It's charming. It has, uh, uh, I mean, talk about an Oscar contender. This probably won't be one. But if I were to nominate it, it'd be like maybe for production design, costumes, uh, all like the below the line stuff. Visual cool. effects. Visual, uh, visual effects. Eh, kind of iffy. Best uh, actor, Timothy Chalamet. Nah, no, I, I put him, put him in the running. Uh, no. uh, be- best supporting actress, Veruca Salt. Uh, <laughs> she's actually, yeah. She uh, Move over, uh, D- Divine Joy Randolph. <laughs> you got Ver- <laughs> Veruca Salt up there. No, no, no. Well, you know, it's it's great to look at, is what I'm saying. And also the music. It's a musical. It's got some great music in there. Uh, and 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 Chalamet is not annoying. Uh, 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 you know, I feared that uh, when I watched the trailer. I thought it was like, oh, what, what is he doing? He's trying to be like a this like I, he's not known for being this sort of character. I, I, when I think of Willy Wonka, I don't think of Timothy Chalamet, but he does his best. It's it's an enjoyable movie. He I tries, lift. okay. <laughs> Cut him some slack. He's trying. He's not phoning it in like some actors would. Uh, 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 Chris Pratt would have phoned this in. What I'm saying is, it's a good movie. So uh, if I might see it again uh, over Christmas uh, weekend, I might take my family to see it because I think they'll get a kick out of it. Uh, it's a good family film. Uh, it's an enjoyable two hours. Uh, it's the number one movie in America, so and, and it's already made its money back internationally. So this is a hit. Yeah, we could see a sequel. I would not mind it. Uh, and the I, first I, Wonka movie to get a sequel. <laughs> uh, I know the, the others have tried. You know, Tim Burton spent ten years trying to make the Glass Elevator or whatever the hell that movie was going to be called. Uh, I, I mean, how how big of a fan are you of, of the of the Wonka movies, Siobhan? Of the two of them that been that have been released. I enjoy them both, but I I, I, I don't have too much, like, uh, need to revisit them, you know what I mean? But I did, like, enjoy them both as a kid, and at the time I watched them, you know? And I probably saw the first one a number of times. Say, I, you know what? Same answer for me. I, I, I did like them both as a kid. I, I, I can admit the second one, the Johnny Depp one, uh, I have a feeling that won't hold up as well as the first one. Uh, but it's been a while since I've seen them both. Uh, I did enjoy the first one a lot as a kid and this brought me back. It, it, it does what it needs to do. It, it fills you with nostalgia, but it also creates something new. 
but she creates a new story based from these characters. The Hugh Grant of it all, of him playing Oompa Loompa, a little bit cringy, but ultimately it all works. It it it, it lands safely. It, it it's again, it's 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 a confection. It's sugary. It's bubbly. It's 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 supposed to be light and frothy. You know, that's what it is, and it does well at doing that. That's Wonka. I enjoyed that movie. A movie I did not enjoy. It's my last movie I'll talk about in this segment. Even though it gave this three out of five stars. Maestro by Bradley Cooper. Um, here it is, folks. Here it Leonard is. Bernstein's biopic we've all been waiting for. Uh, we ha- On record, we've been both waiting for it. You more than I. You, 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 you went off. <laughs> look, okay, look. I, I love Star is Born. I think Go it's off really queen. phenomenal. I yeah. brought it in my te- top ten of the last like ten years. But uh, I, I don't know. From the beginning, Maestro was like... Like I, I, it didn't excite me. I'll see it. I'm excited to see you know if Bradley Cooper still got the juice, or if he's gonna flame out. But like, is he a new Ben Affleck or is he a new uh, George Clooney? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Or, or, or who directed Money Monster? Was that George Clooney? I don't think he directed Money Monster. He started it. Money Monster. Who directed Money Monster? Siobhan, you look that up as I talk about Maestro. I wanted to like this movie, and in the end, I did like it enough to Jody give it. Jodie Foster. Is he a new Jodie Foster? <laughs> a director of The Beaver. The Beaver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he Ben Affleck, or is he Jodie Foster? <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's go back. And I, uh, I love A Star is Born 2. Uh, T-O-O, not 2. I wish they made a sequel to that. I wish Bradley Cooper would come back and make A Star is Born 2 with I wish, Lady I Gaga. Like, like, like he was faking his death. <laughs> It's like he did all that. He pissed on stage, live at the Grammys. <laughs> all that was, that was all fake, <laughs> just to set up his death at the end. Yeah, he, he had a he had a fake bag of like yellow liquid, like yellow Gatorade. <laughs> a Stars Born Two begins, at, uh, uh, you know, uh, in meter res flashback to that to right before he gets on stage. He's like <laughs> filling up a bag <laughs> of like yellow food coloring with water in it. He puts it in his pants, walks out on stage. Title card: A Stars Born Two. <laughs> I love A Star is Born. Uh, fantastically directed for wonderful performances, wonderful songs, top grade, top notch filmmaking, one of my favorites of that year. Cut to Maestro. Ugh, all that in reverse. Pretty much all that in reverse. Mm-hmm. I don't like the direction. I think it's odd. I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't want to really make you think these things as you watch it, Siobhan, because you're going to watch it. And you might enjoy it better than I I did. But I think the the directing's off. Cooper's performance is off. Uh, The script is off. Some lines of dialogue baffled me. Um, The the only really thing that that holds it together is Carrie Mulligan uh uh as as the as the bride of maestro as uh Leonard Bernstein's wife uh Felicia Montalegre I don't know if I pronounced that right um she's amazing Carrie Mulligan fantastic deserves all the praise the music itself by Leonard Bernstein uh that plays throughout the entire movie fantastic amazing but the movie itself ah uh, I I I'm sorry it's it's it, it should have been a home run. It should have been something to, to, to celebrate, to say, hey, Cooper's on a, on a run here. Uh, that magic that uh, that was there in A Star is Born continues on here, but no. I, I don't want to call this 
a sophomore slump because I hate that goddamn word. It's just a misstep. I'm still going to watch the next thing he directs. But right now I'm like, I'm just a little bit disappointed by this. So there you go. And I said this in the last segment. It does take a lot of boxes. I think we'll make it a big awards contender. I don't know if it'll win anything. Maybe the campaign will will roll out in a way of like, imagine this storyline because it's all about makeup effects. Yeah, makeup effects. It'll win. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Like above the line stuff, though. I see the campaign story play out like this because it's all about the story, right? We talked about that uh, last year, Siobhan, right? With like uh, uh, Brendan Fraser, right? It's all about the story. Bradley Cooper's story, not as important, but still a story. Like you see Bradley Cooper as somebody who's been nominated so many times in his career already, has not won yet. He'll get nominated maybe like four times this year for this movie. Like best picture, best director, best actor, best screenplay. Carrie Mulligan is going to get nominated. It might be an Argo situation where, uh, uh, you know, it's like you got to give the man something. Will he get one Oscar just just for you know being a a a craftsman in all these fields? We'll see. Anyway, that's Maestro. I'm sure, we'll talk about that more later in the season. How's the black and white stuff work? But you know what? Th- this will get you excited. I think the black and white stuff and like the aspect ratio shifts and sort of the stylistic choices, it reminds me of Blonde in a good way. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for that. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, yeah, it's, it, I think some of it is visually exciting, but I, I kind of wanted it to be more of that through the rest the entire film. So yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm eager to, to have you see it and enjoy it more than I did because I, we need some balance here. I can't just be, you know, bad mouthing these movies all day. That's it. One can't guarantee, but I am excited. I, I am eager. I am eager to see it. Interested. All right. So that is what we've been watching. I think we're done with that segment. All right. As it happens, we're an hour in and we're on to our main subject. All right. All right. Uh, this is it. Grand Pricks. Grand Prix. <laughs> we're two Grand Pricks here. Talk about Grand Prix. The 1966 film. <laughs> Uh, directed by John Frankenheimer. The winner of the best Oscar awards for... Uh, <laughs> that's how I say it's it, right? A, the best Oscar yeah. awards. It's it's best sound, best VFX, which is... Okay, so there's a complicated history here of best sound. Best sound, when it was invented, it went to a film. For the next, like, two or three years, it went to a studio. It was a studio award. And then it and it then became best sound, and it kept going for films until they decided to split it into best sound and best uh, VFX, uh, best best sound effects, best sound effects. Sorry. Yeah, you're you're saying VFX, but you mean FX. Uh, yes, yeah. sound, sound effects. Yeah. Um, and then they only did that for a few years, and then they combined it again to best sound, and then I think they split it back into best VFX, uh, best sound effects, and best sound, and then I think they brought it back to just best sound <laughs> until the nineties or whatever, or maybe eighties when they turned it into best sound editing and best sound mixing, which it remained until 2020 when it became best sound. Yeah. So that's a, uh, uh, Siobhan, uh, this is not a, a slam on you, but I'm confused. And I think the listeners should be confused as well. Yeah. It's just like, it's a thing that split like between one award or two awards kind of just randomly throughout the years. I, it is confusing. I, I, I try to write down the history of this, uh, of these awards 
And I just wrote like three paragraphs. I'm not going to read all this. This is insane. Uh, just know, listeners, yeah, what Siobhan said. It was one award, then two awards, then one award, then two awards. It's gone back and forth. There's been controversy about like, like oh, like we should we should uh, award both sides of the sound uh, creation and films. Uh, now it's back to one. Yeah, I guess just to avoid confusion, just to make it one, just to make it clear and concise, they go, you know what? Sound mixing, sound editing, one award. You're both part of the same team. Share the award. Boom, done. How about this? Let me ask you this. Uh, listen, Siobhan, I'm also confused about this. I had to look up the definition of sound mixing and sound editing. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, do you know the difference between yeah. sound mixing and sound editing? Well, you did show it to me, uh, and I kind of forgot. Uh, so what my what my original idea was best sound editing was like um, placing where the sounds go basically, and then like sound mixing was um, like f- mixing the levels. That's what I originally thought it yeah. kind of was. Like you got making it. Making sure it is that right? Yeah, it says here in layman's terms, sound editing is about collecting the sounds needed for the film. Sound mixing refers to what is done after they're collected, which is the mixing, which is the levels. Okay, I've only worked in sound in terms of podcasting for years, um, but to me, I'm an idiot. I just think, oh, well, you know, uh, the same people who collect the sounds also edit the sounds. That's not true. It, it is split. It, it it is, and I see people. I see why people are upset that they're now it's not one it's not one award because it's just easier, I guess. Um, but anyway, so all respect to sound editors, mixers. You guys are amazing. Um, I'm glad I have ears. Oh, oh, to, to have ears. <laughs> to have ears. And also, we're not, we're not offending anybody because everybody who has hear ears can listen. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's the, one, it's, the, it's the one group we can't offend is those who don't have <laughs> ears. All right. Uh, let's go to Grand Prix. Let's go to the year. We do this every episode. The year is 1967. We're awarding the films of 1966. Grand Prix, directed by John Frankenheimer, came out in 1966. So let's look at that Oscar year. Okay. Siobhan, have you looked at any of this? No. Can you guess? I'm looking at these movies. (laughs) Yeah, I I can guess. I couldn't even guess what the best pictures nominated are. Uh, The Sound of Music. uh, No. uh, My Fair Lady. No. All about Eve. No, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna say him. The winner is for Best Picture, A Man for All Seasons. Sure. Uh, and again, these are not slights to these movies. I just don't. I just don't know anything about movies made in 1966. I, yeah, we we need to get Sarah in here. <laughs> uh, I, I know Alfie. Alfie was nominated. They remade that uh, with Jude Law in the 2000s. Mm. Uh, that's next movie. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Okay. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. The Russians (laughs) are coming. The Russians are coming. We sound stupid, by the way. Uh, (laughs) the sand pebbles. Okay. I've heard of that. And this one I've heard of who is afraid of Virginia Woolf. I, I, I've heard of it. I need to see it. Yeah. Hey, I, I, hey, speaking of who won awards for that movie, Elizabeth Taylor won the Best Actress Award for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Fred Zinnemann won for Best Director for A Man for All Seasons, Best Actor 
Paul Schofield for A Man for All Seasons. I guess we should watch A Man for All Seasons. It won a lot of awards. Back in 1967, yeah. Yeah, Walter Matthau won for The Fortune Cookie. That's a very important year for us to cover right now, I think. 1966. Uh, Hey, Sandy Dennis, or Sandy Denise, however you want to pronounce it. I think it's Dennis. She won for Best Supporting Actress for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Uh, A Man for All Seasons won for Best Screenplay. uh, Adapted. Uh, And yeah, a lot of other movies won, including Grand Prix. Best Sound Effects, Best Sound, and Best Editing. But we're talking about the sound. Best Editing. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, You want to know what it was up against for the sound categories? I'll tell you you that real quick. Sure. Fantastic Voyage was nominated for Best Sound Effects with Grand Prix. Just two nominees. Grand Prix (laughs) won. Yeah. And I think this was the first year where it split again. Or it it split for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Best Sound. Also nominees. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? The Sand Pebbles. Hawaii. Gambit. And of course the winner Grand Prix. Uh, just for just for giggles, let's go to editing. I want to know what it beat. So editing, it won. Man for all seasons. Uh, no, Fantastic Voyage was nominated for best editing. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Mm-hmm. Sand Pebbles, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Wow. There you go. All right, Grand Prix, nineteen sixty-six. Yeah, a three-hour mm-hmm. racing movie. Yeah, Marcelo. Uh, so I found this film uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can just find it, find the full movie, uh, and it's free and very high quality. It, it looks great. Or or pay for it, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the the movie just or that money just goes straight to fucking whoever owns it. Warner Brothers, Columbia, Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> yes, I'm not lying. It's it was distributed by MGM. And Amazon owns MGM. Great. Yeah. So give Amazons a few more bucks or just go to YouTube. Or, uh, or, or, or the family of John Frankenheimer and the stars, James Garner, Eva Marie Saint, Jessica Walter, for God's sakes, they can get the money if you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, either way. Well, anyway, Marcelo, what'd you think of Grand Prix? <laughs> am I bursting your bubble here? Am I, am I just. <laughs> Was just being a contradictory asshole. What do you think of Grand Prix? I liked it. It took me three times to get through it. <laughs> okay, it's very long. It is what it is. In terms of the story, it's about these Grand Prix racers. Uh, I think four of them: an American, an Italian, a French man, and James Garner. Uh, they're all vying to to win the Grand Prix. The tournament, whatever the hell this is, the season. There you go. Uh, uh, I just don't know anything about racing. This is why I'm stumbling through this. Yeah. Uh, it started the first race. Uh, one of the four leads gets in a car crash. Uh, oh, he's British, by the way. He, uh, so the Brit gets in a car crash. Uh, James Garner's the American. Uh, and then. Uh, I think James, does James Garner win that first? No, James Garner is also in an accident. The American is in an accident. I think the Frenchman wins that first race. And then from there, you get into these racers' lives, the women behind the scenes, the women they're in love with. Uh, and by the end of the movie, people die. 
uh, and lives change, and there's a winner. That's Grand Prix. That's a three-hour-long movie about racing and what it means to be a racer. And uh, 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 the one thing that stood out, and I'll stop talking, is the f- actual craft behind it, the filmmaking, like how they shot this movie, is incredible. I think the story itself, a little bland. It's like a romance uh, with like these four characters, like in 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 like different stages of relationships. But the the craft behind it, the filmmaking, is incredible. Like you actually see James Garner in a fucking car going. It seems like two hundred miles an hour. I know. Like Jesus Christ, how, why, how they couldn't yeah. do that today? Only Tom no. Cruise could do that. Somebody's doing it still. You know who's not doing it? Neil Blomkamp when he made no. Gran Turismo. Absolutely not. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, th- 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 those are my initial thoughts on the movie. Siobhan, what about you? I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I totally agree with you that like the 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 tactical feel, like, like uh, the, the way they film this, it, all, it it makes it all feel real. And like this this movie kind of feels like some sort of like movie made by the board of Formula One or whatever uh, to try to get Americans interested in the sport. And for a movie that feels like that, it's it comes off very it still comes off very earnest and like film like um, unlike those types of things usually do. I appreciate I appreciated the way the film handles the racing scenes so much. Like some of them are like calm and serene and like the the sound of the cars give way to this nice uh uh, pretty music that they uh, in the score and some of them are like loud fast exciting scary like you, you get these uh, s- some of the best shots in the film are these first person uh, shots first person camera shots like from the front of the car from the perspective of the front of the car and like later on in the film probably two and a half hours into the film they have a race in the rain yeah. and like you cannot see a damn thing and it's like terrifying <laughs> and they're still like, they're not slowing down. They, they're like, I, I, Oh boy. Like it's, it's exciting and scary. The focus on the characters is kind of, it's a little muddled, but I still enjoy them. Um, enjoyed the, the break from the races. Uh, the first two hours are the best of the movie for me. Like you only get three races in that time, if I'm correct. Right. And the rest of the time is spent kind of lounging with these characters and kind of, they're having like philosophical interviews about why they race. And that stuff is like intercut with the races itself. And the cars sound fucking great. Like speaking of sound effects, like they sound incredible. (laughs) The the big cat and, and like the characters, it's not that they're interesting. It's that like it feels like almost like a almost like a slice of life. Like you're just following these drivers. It's not like James Garner is the obvious main character or anything. You're not following this driver. You're following the drivers. You're following the race. You're following the the everything about it. Uh, like the end at the end of the first two hours, right before the intermission. <laughs> The guy in the Ferrari car, by the way, they, they, Ferrari gets fucked up in this movie. Ferrari, their, their, their car tire falls off and the guy runs over two kids and kills them. Jesus (laughs) Christ. It's like, what the 
fuck are you yeah. what it was unexpected <laughs> but it's one of those moments where i'm like oh yeah th- this is what racing movies should be about yes it's about these yes. tragic consequences not only to the drivers themselves but to like the people watching and it's it's something that like doesn't it doesn't hit me really uh, uh until like I see something like this until I'm reminded that yes, people can die watching, you know, races. It, the, it's like, the, it, yeah. No, I, I was gonna say real quick, like, it, it uh, wasn't it in Las Vegas where like there was uh, recently like a like a Formula One race through the city, right? And there are all these people trying to watch the race from like their hotel rooms and everything. And I, I think to myself, why are people trying to watch this? Like, Quint, wouldn't they be happy just watching it on TV? No, they just want the spectacle. They, they yeah. want to experience that danger. And they say that in the movie, I think at the very end, when somebody dies and a character says, "This is she has blood on her hands. So she's screaming, is this what you want? Is this what you're after? <laughs> and I think uh-huh. they, say, they say early on in the movie too, like a woman says, it's like, oh, that they're here to see a, a crash. They're here to see death. Uh, and that that is like, a, like, that is the thrill of it. Cause like, I mean, if you're just there for the cars, the cars zip by you so fast, you don't, they're in your cone of vision for half a second and they're gone. <laughs> like you, you are there hoping to see a crash or something crazy like that, like that, that death, that, that, that excitement of death possibility is there. It's, 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 it's something primal, I think. Yeah. And I, um, I think that's, that's the part of the movie is when they talk about that stuff and when they show it, it's when it's most interesting to me. Like I said, I think the, the romance uh, of like the the Frenchman and the American reporter. I'm like, okay, this is something. I guess that's kind of it's kind of it's kind of cute. Like, cute. I liked that they had a, a an actress of an appropriate age for him. Yeah, yeah, true, true. For uh, in the '60s, but I don't think that really pays off until the very end. Spoiler alert: no. something bad happens, and <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and another another. By the way, another Ferrari uh, <laughs> goes off the track and explodes. <laughs> A lot of car explosions in this movie called Grand Prix about the Grand Prix season, which yeah. uh, and, and they use the like I, I saw some of the making of because I was interested in some of the making of of this movie. Initially, Ferrari and all the companies involved were like, no, you're not going to make a movie about us. But the filmmakers, John Frankenheimer and the producer were like, we're going to take this seriously. We're going to have real racers consult the actors. We're going to shoot this in a real way. And I think it works. And what, one fun fact is, uh, I think three of the main uh, uh, of the three of the main leads in this actually drove their cars, and you could see them in the cars. Like James Garner, like I said, you can see him driving these cars. The the British driver did not drive his own car. <laughs> in the movie, he, his face is covered, and that was a stunt driver uh, driving have, his car. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So during, I think it's the last race. Um, they are doing these cuts um, of the of them in the car driving, and then on the other side of the screen, you see like them giving an interview or doing something, uh, kind of like noble, I guess. Like like they're either they're giving an interview about the philosophy of racing, or they're talking to their wives or something. And then the British guy, uh, when they do his cutaway. Uh, it's him hobbling up the stairs and he trips on the stairs <laughs> and falls over <laughs> while following his mom up the stairs. And, and it like is so funny and embarrassing. And, and then that's his whole thing that he gets. 
<laughs> and the other three get this like kind of hero moments. Although, like, <laughs> That's uh, so funny. Uh, he was given so much like to do with like uh, he's the one who crashes in the beginning, and he's like in 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 crutches throughout the entire movie. Then he gets back in the car, and yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, like his whole deal is like him climbing upstairs. He's like, listen, I can do this. I can race. <laughs> well, he wins a few races when he comes back. He just, he just, he just win the big one. His character kind of just falls away to the sides as the film ends, and the the, the final the final hour, I think the final hour kind of falls away to the side. Like they're, they're trying to shove everything in. Like I said, they 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 do they spend the first two hours on three races and the people, and I like that. And I like that. But then the third hour, like what they they have to cover twelve total races or something. So they just cram them in there along with trying to kind of give a Holly along trying to like lead into a Hollywood ending for the characters, which I wish it had just stayed that pace of the second of the, of the first half of the movie. And they just, they just couldn't keep that up. If it fell apart for me in the final third, but uh, it's still, it's still, I I liked the movie quite a bit. I I see. I see what you're saying. And I mostly agree because I mean, I'm saying two things here. One thing I'm saying is I think it's edited real well, like the races, and I'll, I'll shout this out: the split screen stuff. The split screen stuff is pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah. I was trying to look this up because uh, in the beginning of the movie, uh, Saul Bass is credited as the visual consultant, montages, and titles. It says it says here on the Wikipedia he made extensive use of multiple split screens. I don't know if he was. I guess he's not credited as editor, but. I wonder how much it's well, let me backtrack that beginning montage through the opening credits where for sure he worked on it. Like that stuff is great where it, 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 it does like split screens of like the same image over and over and focuses on these iconic shots of like the, the helmets and the engines and all this that all sets the, sets the mood. And then throughout the entire movie, it doesn't use it too often where it does the split screen stuff. It does the, uh, the sort of like, focusing on characters in different areas at the same time. Uh, I think it, it all does that pretty well. It doesn't overuse it is what I'm saying. But then going back to your point, I think there's a, I would have been happy if the movie ended at the intermission point. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I know. I, or like, yeah. When, when that, like, like you're saying, like when that racer goes off the track and hits these, uh, uh, the, the, these people who are just watching the race, like that's a tragic thing that happens, and then some somebody wins the race, uh, even after all that, and the film takes a break. I'm like, that's a great way just to end things, because by the end of the movie itself, the same thing kind of happens. It's like something tragic happens, and then the guy wins the race. It's mm. uh, maybe it's maybe that's the point. Like with all the bad shit that happens around racing, with the death and everything, somebody still wins the race. I like the movie, but I got the point of the movie halfway through the movie <laughs> before the intermission point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I I'll say I, I like all the actors in it. I like seeing a young Jessica Walter. Uh, she plays the uh, estranged wife of the Frenchman. Oh, no, not the Frenchman. The the British driver who gets in a car crash in the beginning of the movie. Uh, who has kind of a thing for the James Garner character. She's great, as always. Uh, James Garner, James Garner, lead character, American tough guy i like seeing toshiro Muf- mifuni uh great japanese actor 
in this uh, as a I guess Japanese uh, businessman who's into racing and, and decides to hire James Garner as one of his racers. Yeah, um, yeah good cast. I like them all. Uh, oh, you know what? There's one little scene I, I want to shout out where like that felt the most real to me. That felt the most behind the scenes of racing. Uh, you know, more than anything crazy gust up like Hollywood in Gran Turismo where it's just like, it's a bunch of guys in a room kind of doing paperwork and stuff, including James Garner, uh, prepping for the next race. And they're like looking at maps of, uh, of the racetrack and they start having this big argument about, um, one of the roads still isn't paved and it hasn't been paved for years when they do this, this whole grand prix race and it's ultimately just kind of boring and whatever but like it's it's it gives you that insight into like everything that goes on behind the scenes of this stuff and like it's fascinating to me yeah i don't know uh and, and the music's great i think the music's really the music's really wonderful yeah uh let me quickly see who did the music here i think it's maurice jar yes maurice jarre uh he Oh, I, I have one of his records here um, in really? my rec- my record collection. I had I don't I kind of wish I had this one. I've seen this uh, uh, record out in the wild Grand Prix, and I I I don't know about you, Siobhan. Like I've heard about this movie before, but I kind of just like was like, oh, it's a racing movie, it, nothing major. Um, but now having seen it and knowing like it won these awards and like it, it oh by the way, it was also shot on seventy millimeter, like Super Panavision. And it does look Jeez. great, even even like in the scenes where they're just in the in the car shop, where like they just talk about the race, like yeah. that stuff looks great because it's this is shot on fucking the biggest film imaginable, seventy millimeter. Uh, I, I kind of wish I, you know, saw this in a theater. If there's, if there's uh, yeah, if there's uh, ever a retro showing, like that would be, it'd be cool. Yeah. So going back to the soundtrack, yeah, he has done soundtracks for movies like. Lawrence of Arabia, which I own. I own that soundtrack. Um, and also uh, The Mosquito Coast, Gorillas in the Mist, uh, Ghost, Dead Poet Society, Fatal Attraction. So yeah, this guy's this guy's done his work. Gran Turismo? Great. <laughs> Did he do Gran Turismo? I doubt it. <laughs> I, uh, he came <laughs> back from the grave alive. to do Gran Turismo. <laughs> this man passed away in 2009. Uh, but yeah, rest in peace, uh, Maurice Jure and James Garner, and uh, probably that British guy and the French guy, probably all. Yeah, of them. I think I think all of these people have passed away. The director probably, yeah, John Frankenheimer. Yeah, yeah. I said earlier in the show uh, he passed away in two thousand two. So, uh, but well, let's, let's hold on. Let's talk about Frankenheimer for a bit. Let's go back to this because you you kind of brushed this off and made it a joke. This is all you, buddy. I don't think I got anything. Birdman of Alcatraz. Have not seen it. The Maturian, sorry, The Manchurian Candidate, classic. Hold on, because the other ones I've not seen. I've not seen The Train, I've not seen Seconds, I've not seen Seven Days in May, I've not seen French Connection 2, I've not seen Black Sunday. Uh, I I, I think I've seen Island of Dr. Moreau. I've seen that. Uh, Yeah, from 96. Uh, Good old, uh, what's his face, Brando. Uh, I have seen Ronin, Ronin is good. From what I've seen, he's, he's a good director. I mean, Manchurian Candidate alone, classic. Ronan's one that like they keep talk like always comes up in like best car chase ever conversations. It it is one of the best car chases. I can confirm. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, if anything, Siobhan, 
here, here are the takeaways. See the Manchurian Candidate and see Ronin. Um, maybe after Nixon. Uh, and also, he his last film before his death, Reindeer Games, starring... Uh, no way. The aforementioned Ben Affleck. Oh, I fucking love Reindeer Games. Dude. Are you serious? That's, yes, I absolutely <laughs> love Reindeer Games. I wrote about it for the website. Oh, did you? I, guess I fucking I, love that movie. Well, now, so you just realized that the, the the guy who we've been talking about for the last, the guy's movie who we talked about for the last like 30 minutes, he directed one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. John Dragonheimer. There you go. All right, glad we tied that up. So rest in peace, John Frankenheimer. Rest in peace this segment. Uh, we're done with Best Sound, 1966. And now we're going to go Best Sound, 2023. Time jump. All right, so let me pull up my notes. Once again, here it is. Best Sound, our picks. Here are Siobhan and I's picks for the best sound in 2023 these are our favorite sounds that we heard our favorite sounds mine is a fart a hiccup (laughs) a burp uh (laughs) siobhan why don't you go first i think i went first last time so your your best sound picks yes sir yeah i've got i'll say this before you start i have five big ones and i have just one Honorable mention. We can get honorable mentions done after we go through a five, I think. Interested in what your five big ones are. Yeah. Um, so, Marcella, I'm going to be honest. I, <laughs> uh, uh, so we, we've, I finished Gran Turismo probably 10 minutes before we started recording this. I okay. even pushed away the recording so I could finish it. Um, I realized halfway through that movie, I had not actually done my picks yet for <laughs> So without much time to think, I kind of just looked at my best of the year list and kind of threw some shit in there. And uh, there's only a couple here that I actually care about that I can really talk about much. So look, my number and I, I, yeah, my five, my number five is uh, Fast X. And hey, you want to talk about cars being loud? Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. You see that in the the theater? You see that? See Dominic Toretto's fucking Mustang just tearing it up on on the on just the, pushing a ball around the Vatican and then and then driving a car like down a, a dam as it explodes oh baby oh man uh, that's just such good stuff best sound number four <clears throat> um, somebody else brought this one up and that's why I picked it uh, so I was like you know what yeah they're right Creed 3 like you know like every punch hits hard um it, it is good sound design, I think. I can't say more. <laughs> you cannot three, say more. <laughs> I, I, po- I cannot possibly say more. Number three, knock at the cabin. I do agree with this one. Like it's knock, knock. Very atmospheric. Very, uh, um, he does, uh, M. Night does so much cool shit with sound, um, I think, in his movies. Number two, John Wick, Chapter 4. Bang, bang. You want those bang bangs and the vroom vrooms? Oh my god, you can't get them better than in the John Wick films. Slash, uh, slash. Fantastic use of sound as always. And uh, my number one, um, a departure from these wild uh, 
uh, very loud films. It's Skinnamarink, <laughs> which uses sound very effectively to unnerve you. Uh, lack of sound, more like it. Um, <clears throat> they 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 uh, scare the shit out of you with what you can and cannot hear. Um, very eerie film. Very unsettling film. Very nerve wracking. Very uh, 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 unsettling. <laughs> very nerve wracking. Uh, so, so that's my list. Uh, I, I also chose an honorable mention. I said Guardians of the Galaxy three. More pew pews and stuff. Bang bang. Yeah. Space, space. So Marcelo, I think it's your turn. Let me get th- through my honorable mention first. It is Skinnamarink. Uh, like you, I was unsettled. I was unnerved. Uh, uh, the, I, like I said last episode, when I mentioned this for uh, an honorable mention for best editing, uh, what it does and does not do with the editing, uh, similar to what it does and does not do with the sound, uh, like the the silence, the the noises, like through like this digital fuzz, like the hiss, all of it. Uh, what you can't make out uh, in, 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 in you know watching it at home or in a theater through the speakers it's ear it the, works the fucking TV like yeah. hearing the TV in the background is just always so like it's just made me sick the whole time yeah so there you go honorable mention skin and now my top five number five silent night that's right the John Woo movie. movie there yeah but I'm saying best sound in terms of like sound mixing sound editing yes yeah, silent night it i think it works so well as nobody expert- talks i think this one's uh not, uh, not eligible because <laughs> nobody talks <laughs> i i think i think uh, uh in total there are about 20 words said uh, on screen oh really i thought they were actually zero yeah no 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 uh, uh, some characters do talk, and it's surprising when they talk. Uh, and then there's also some chatter on the radio, which is kind of a cheat. Uh, characters listen to the radio, and you hear what's on the radio. Anyway, that's besides the point. Seriously, John Woo makes an experimental action movie that's like gets like worth sitting down and and shutting up for 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 ninety minutes or however long the movie is. Uh, have I talked about this on a show? Like people walked out of this movie while I went to go see it. Like three people walked Jeez. out. They and and a, a woman sitting next to me, sitting a few seats next to me, was like asleep throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't mention this, but that's that's just wild. Yeah. Anyway, I'm mentioning it here again, but it's it, I, I I I don't I don't get it because it's it, it's it's successful in what it's trying to do. And the sound mixing, sound editing is why it works because it you are just if you're watching it even at home or in a th- or in a theater wherever you're watching it, you're forced to sit with that silence for a while throughout this movie, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. And you're supposed to be in your in your and you're forced to watch what's happening on screen, and you're supposed to extract what's happening through the movements through people just just. You know, uh, I, I can't even describe it. Like just just moving around, you're, you're supposed to piece together what's happening on screen without dialogue. And, and then when the sound hits, there's explosions, there's gunshots, shotguns, there's 
everything that happens at the end, it's just loud and aggressive, and that's on purpose. So it's silent when it's silent, but it's loud when it's loud. So number five, Silent Night. Number four, Godzilla minus one. Another movie where <laughs> it's silent when it's silent, but then when it's loud, it's very loud. Uh, the the one scene that I think a lot of people are talking about is a scene where Godzilla just just destroys a um, a, a city uh, in Japan, and it's wait, <laughs> wait hold on, <laughs> yes, Siobhan. I'm sorry to break this to you, but Godzilla destroys the city in Japan. Wow. No, but th- th- there's one scene in particular uh, where it is supposed to mimic the uh, uh, atomic bomb dropping. And Godzilla's fire breath just destroys like 10 city blocks in like a second. And then you see the characters look at this like nuclear bomb, like this this nuclear cloud afterwards. But the sound of that explosion is just so terrifying and so quick that it stuck with me. And it ends up being a very emotional moment in the movie. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun, loud Godzilla movie also. He's, he's got the fire breath. He's got the roars. It's a, good, it's a good time. Godzilla minus one. Number three, speaking of cars, Ferrari. Vroom, vroom. Uh, loud. Uh, I, I think famously Michael Mann is going deaf. I, I think that's the story that went around when he was mm-hmm. editing uh, Black Bono. Hat. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Bono's going blind. Jesus. I didn't know that. Yeah. How is he going to make the music if he goes blind? <laughs> Ferrari, Michael Mann. It, it's a loud movie. It's aggressively loud. Uh, there's a car crash in this movie. Uh, that reminds me of of, uh, of uh, the car crashes in Grand Prix, where it's just so violent and quick, and the sound is also violent and quick. And yeah, fun time <laughs> in a movie theater, watching people horribly die through car crashes in Ferrari. But hey, the sound is amazing. Uh, vroom vroom. Number two, Oppenheimer. Boom boom. Uh, 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 of course, uh, I, I, uh, every every Christopher Nolan movie is always the loudest movie. I bought the 4K disc and I just watched it again recently here at home. I had to turn down my fucking speakers. This thing is loud. Uh, uh, he likes a loud movie. And not only is it loud, I think the, the editing in it is is fantastic. I think I mentioned this in the best editing, too. It's a, uh, Every time you, you cut to... Uh, uh, Oppenheimer's thoughts on what uh, a nuclear fission looks like or what an atomic blast looks like. You get a quick shot of these practical effects, of these explosions, and those are fucking loud as hell. But I think they're expertly used uh, in, in just how loud they are. Loud, loud, loud. Number one, I said in the first episode I wasn't going to mention this movie uh, that much this season, but I lied. It's The Killer. Uh, oh, good, 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 good pick. Yeah, and it's it's not just because this movie is loud. I've said that a lot, uh, the uh, you know uh, this episode, but I think it's it's ex- also silent. It's also times. quiet. It's also uh, 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 when the killer, when the titular killer, is listening to his music, the Smiths, the Smiths. I think that is intercut well with like the it the is. actions happening. And also the sound channels, like the left and the right channels, are used expertly. Like not too many movies do that. I think the last one that did that really well was like Sound of Metal, where 
I, I could tell this by watching it in a theater, and I'm sure you could tell this by watching it at home, or, or especially like on headphones, like the expert use of the left and right channels uh, in the killer. It's like it's like you, you you are in the you're in the killer's head. You're you're viewing the events of what's happening on screen through his eyes and through his ears, and it really puts you into the mindset of this this guy, who's who's, who's a great guy. I love the killer, um, but that's my number one. The killer, best sound done so that's that perfect good pick i wish i would have thought about that yeah well too late too late all right um but oh maybe that's some right. other people thought about it that's right i forgot i almost forgot about this i i thought hey maybe we're gonna end this before two hours nope no nope. we got we got two more things one of them being one of them being the be- the most important thing we do here the community outreach uh where we <laughs> ask you the people court to- order community outreach for you people, we ask you people to you people. give us your choices for the best of whatever we're covering that week. This week, it happens to be best sound in our talk. Uh, we I ask in the talkfilmsociety.com slash discord talk awards channel. Again, that is talkfilmsociety.com slash discord. Use code uh, awards at checkout for free entry. Uh, Marcelo and I are covering best sound today. Your picks, if you please. Yeah. I, so this one also done under short notice. I did this yeah. two hours or well, four hours ago now. Uh, but uh, two hours before we started recording, we we talk so fucking much, man. Okay, so our first one to get in there, Joey Hamilton, our friend, my friend, hey. video games. Hey, hey. He plays Destiny. Uh, mainly plays a warlock. Good to know. In Destiny 2. Are you just wasting time? You just- <laughs> uh, Joey says, Godzilla minus one. There's another vote for you. Yeah. The Killer. There's another vote for you. Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, I, I thought about that. Uh, good stuff. The big pew-pews, you know, of the whips. His uh, spider webs. Thwip-thwip. Thwip-thwip. There you go. Uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, and John Wick 4. I believe he means John Wick Chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, thank um, you, Joey, for your picks. Thank you, Joey. Uh, Noah Thompson, the, he gives us Oppenheimer, John Wick Chapter 4, The Killer. All these people thinking of The Killer, and I didn't think of The Killer. Godzilla minus one and Knock at the Cabin. Another vote for Knock at the Cabin. Maybe I'm not so fucking crazy. I'm Marcelo. We'll see. Joey even backs up the choice. He says, ooh, knock at the cabin. Great choice. I'm I'm still yet to learn what your thoughts on that film are, and I'm glad that, that I don't know. Jay McMillan, he says, Oppenheimer, JW4, I believe he means John Wick Chapter 4, uh, Godzilla Negative 1, I believe he <laughs> means Godzilla Minus 1, uh, KOFTM, I believe he means Killers of the Flower Moon, and uh, interestingly, Sisu. Oh. Um, which, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with. A movie you watched, uh, I think, just like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it, but <laughs> sound isn't bad. Uh, now, Sam Shaw first, friend of the website. He says all of the above picks. Uh, so he agrees with everything said. <laughs> and he's just also going to add some honorable mentions. Uh, he says T-M-N-T-M-M. I believe he means Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yes. Uh, Boogeyman. 
is that boogeyman or the boogeyman uh mm. I, th- I think it's mm. the boogeyman yeah i think he might mean the boogeyman careful sam and might be disqualified. he also he also says evil dead rise good choice yeah good choice yeah good spooky and uh the real matt c comes in with a banger he says oppenheimer and that's boom it. boom he mic says. drop and then mic drop <laughs> and then here Marcelo, just like last week, I took this to my uh, nerdy podcast Discord uh, for the for the podcast Hollywood Handbook, and asked the goofy guys in there, goofy guys and gals, um, if they wanted to give me their picks. What did Sean and Hayes have to say? Uh, Sean and Hayes are not in here, but Chef Kevin's in here. He could have chimed in. Hey. So our my uh, my uh, I was on his podcast. Uh, his name's George, and his podcast Best Little Horror House in Philly. I will shout that out. Uh, his name is his his screen name is Edgar Allan Iverson. Once again, I think it's funny. He says Blackberry Godzilla minus one uh, TMNT. I believe he means Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem Creed three. He uses the number three. I believe he means Roman numerals. And Skinner Marink. Um he's he's where I got Skinner Marink from, and, and I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. That's my number one. Uh so thank you about that. Uh Blackberry, anything? Uh eh, didn't really come up with sound. I, I, I shouted it out last week for editing. Um it, it, you know, I'll, I I want to say this. Killers of the Far Moon is another one I thought of, but I don't know, it doesn't really ring to me, as like a sound pick. So same with mm. Blackberry. Yeah, it's hard to even describe why it didn't come to mind. But yeah, good pick, though. Uh, Lexi Zaninetti, uh, she says, Godzilla minus one and Napoleon. Oh, Napoleon's a good pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I believe I got one more here uh, from Julius Pleaser. Uh, they say... G minus one, I believe they mean Godzilla minus one, had the best Zilla roar, I believe they mean Godzilla roar, and the heat ray was insane, completely worth a nom for that, I believe they mean nomination. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) thank you everybody in the talkfilmsociety.com slash discord, and in the Hollywood Handbook discord. Yeah. Uh, You're all uh, uh, great people. You're all number one in our book. You will ascend to heaven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it doesn't say in the Bible, but this is how you get into heaven by answering this question on this Talk from Society podcast <laughs> uh, award show discussion. All right, one more thing. Thank you, by the way, for everybody doing that. Uh, Discord, join the Discord. The Gold Derby game. The final oh. thing we have to do. We got it. We got to do it. I forgot all about this. And also, we got to pick our picks for who's going to win the Oscar for Best Sound. Oppenheimer. Okay, Oppenheimer, me too. We both said Oppenheimer. We did it. Oppenheimer got me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, in the movie, he kind of does. Uh, I'm sure he does. Now, what is the Gold Derby game? The Gold Derby game is where we say, hey, Siobhan, you, you got to guess what's in the top five uh, in the Gold Derby predictions. So, Gold Derby is a site where. Uh, 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 experts in quotes and uh, just normal people in quotes they pick their picks for who's going to win the Oscar and we're in late December so these predictions could mean nothing by the time the nominations come out but for right now we're going to force Siobhan into guessing what the top five is so I have the page pulled up the top five best sound 
who's going to win the Oscar? Their number one pick is who they think is going to win, but try to guess the top five, Siobhan. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is number one. Barbie. Barbie is number 11, so no. Mm. Marcelo, I'm just about out. Killers of the Flower Moon. Number three. Okay. Uh, the, the Holdovers. The Holdovers. I think that's your go-to for any category now. <laughs> Seems to be. Uh, the Holdovers is... Hold on. Not on this list, so no. Uh, oh, that the zone of interest. Oh, so close. That's number six. Mm. Oh, that one stings. Uh, I think that's five. No, I, I keep guessing. Yeah, fuck the 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 one that won the Palm Dealer. Um, uh, no, that's at number. Uh oh wait the holdovers is at number forty four sorry uh, I I just skipped it because it was so low I don't see Shoot. I don't see anatomy of a fall hold on I I'm, I, I, I don't know I'm gonna give you some hints here we've talked about John Wick can he be in there uh John Wick is number fifteen all right uh okay here here are my hints uh, I talked about one of these movies at length earlier in the episode. Ooh. And I mentioned another one. Maestro. Just, yes, Maestro, number two. And you mentioned another one. Yeah. Just and mentioned, then, okay. Well, I, I shouted it out as, I mean, do you want me to just give you this guess? I mean, uh, you shouted it out, okay. As one Scream. of the best sound uh, movies. The Killer? Year. No, The Killer is number not. eight. Oh, well, that was pretty high. Yeah. Um. The you you. It was on your list, which I was, was on my list. Such so close attention to. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla minus one. No, that is at number. It it is on this list, but it's it's not in the top five. Top uh, sixteen. It's a number sixteen. Number sixteen. Huh? All right. I mean, th- let's give it away. Uh. The number five here is directed by a man who's going deaf. Oh, right. You did say that. <laughs> and you forgot, didn't you? Uh, Silent Night. No, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. And then number four, you would, you would not have gotten it. The Color Purple. I keep forgetting about that fucking movie. It's not God out yet. It. Nobody's seen I know, it. but it's just like I should bring it up. I should think about it because, like, it seems very awardsy. Yeah, and, and it's again, a musical. We didn't mention this in the beginning, but we're mentioning it now. This series is an instructional tool. We're learning about the Oscar season. We're going to place our bets in the Oscar pools. We're going to win. Remember, the color purple is an awards contender. That's right. Okay. To recap, number one, Oppenheimer. Number two, Maestro. Number three, Killers of the Flower Moon. Number four, The Color Purple. Number five, Ferrari. That is, those are the films in the running for Best Sound at the Oscars. And we both say Oppenheimer won. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer. It's going to win. Um, I, I'll, I'll go through the top ten. So number six, Zone of Interest. Number seven, Napoleon. Number eight, The Killer. Number nine, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number ten, Society of the Snow. 
Do you know anything about that? Never heard of it. Uh, that's the movie that deals with the real life uh, 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 accidents. I think in the, there's a plane crash in the Alps, and the survivors have to uh, we're, we're forced to to, to, to to eat each other for for sustenance. Okay. Sounds Good like a, hair, uh, a horrifying thought. Good place to end on. Siobhan, thanks as always. Uh, thank you, Marcelo, for uh, being here, for doing this. Uh, you know, I don't really have a lot going on in my life, and this, is, <laughs> this just always makes me feel so good. I mean, me neither, really. Uh, I still have no job. I'm still editing these podcasts just to, just to you know, occupy, occupy myself in the dead spaces of my day. Um, but same to you. It's good doing this with you, Siobhan. I hope our lives improve. Yes, in 2024. We can only hope. Here's to 2024. Uh, This might be, uh, unless we decide to do an episode uh, uh, this week, um, which uh, we'll we'll talk about that off mic. I honestly don't know how the last week of December is going to be for me, uh, because I'm going to be doing a lot of things, going to be out of town. But uh, this might be the final episode from us in in this year before we say happy new year uh in the next happy new episode Happy new year so any any i mean wait okay so i've got two weeks what do you mean you've got two weeks to uh before our next episode yeah so on the 29th okay. i i might i might put a an old episode or something else there okay uh, well marcella i think you know what that means what does that mean you're, you're going to have to pick me another Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> okay. Why uh, don't you watch... Um, no, shut up. We're uh, going back to... We're going back to volume one, 86 to 91. Salvador. Wall Street. Talk radio. The Doors. Go Wall Street. Fucking Christ. You're using all the most obvious picks, man. Yeah, because I'm the most obvious person. All right. All right. I'm watching Wall Street and Nixon. <laughs> I'm watching Wall Street and Nixon, the two most boring movies ever. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Uh, and uh, buddy, I'm gonna try to watch uh, The Outwaters. By yeah, buddy, try, buddy, try buddy your here. hardest, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tr- tell me to to try my hardest by getting up, uh, uh, walking two feet, pulling the movie from my bookshelf, walking two more feet, and putting in the DVD player. Fuck, you know what? The Outwaters, I could have said for sound, because there are these moments that I guess I'm not even going to say. But, like, there's a surprising sound that happens, uh, like a thunderous a thunderous sound that is, like, terrifying. That it, And it happens, and every time it happens, it's like, fuck. Oh, boy. Now I'm, I'm, not, stuff. Now I'm eagerly going to anticipate this sound. The hell could it be? And on that note, uh, okay, yeah, again... We might not be here next week with a new episode, we'll, uh, but we'll be here for the new year. So happy new year, folks. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, Siobhan, any last words? No, yeah. Happy uh, happy new year. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. I hope, it, uh, I hope uh, all your dreams come true. You get every present you ever wanted under that tree. <laughs> um. uh, uh, and now, as we, as we close it out every year... Here is us singing. Uh, all Lang Syne. All Lang Syne. For all uh, the acquaintance we've we forgotten. Forgot. Uh, 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 uh,
Ja. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the lyrics. What are the lyrics to "Old Old Lang Syne"? Here it is. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne for old lang syne my joy for old lang syne will talk a couple kindness yet for old lang syne beautiful thank you yes happy new year everybody 